You are now listening to Real Matters of the Heart, the podcast, where we say life is all about chances. You can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. I am your host, Joy, and thank you so much for tuning in. I missed (laughs) y'all. It's been a minute since I've done a new episode, and the truth is, this podcasting thing is very, very time-consuming. Recording, finding conversations, picking topics, editing, all that. I'm not complaining because I absolutely love it, and that's why I've missed y'all so much, but I had to be honest about where I needed to invest my time. And I'm trying to secure the bag. And this ain't bringing me no money. I love y'all. I love sharing with y'all and talking to y'all and hearing from y'all. But I needed to get to that coin. However, a friend of mine introduced me to Anchor, which I'm now using to record the podcast. It's a little bit easier. It doesn't allow me to edit as much. So I am doing some work around releasing control of how this episode comes out. So bear with me with that. But I'm excited to be back with y'all and giving y'all some hot new material. But before we hop into this new episode, I just need to remind you guys who I am. I might have some new listeners. And for those of you who have been following but may have forgotten, just a quick reminder. Real Matters of the Heart offers a healthy mix of grit and glory that allows you to get really intimate with your deeply rooted feelings and beliefs. Each episode is an invitation to create, define, expand your concepts of love, purpose, faith, and identity. I want to inspire new thoughts, revisit past lessons, and create meaningful experiences with you. So, the Real Matters of the Heart podcast is a place to come and be while we're still becoming. Today's episode, episode number 39, is called Rod's Taught Me. It's a special Mother's Day episode. It's a conversation I've been wanting to have with my mom for a very long time. And we finally got around to it. We recorded it on this Anchor app. We're going to see how it goes. We're talking about some very powerful and poignant lessons that she taught me growing up, of which there are plenty. But um, these are a few that I really want to focus on because they're so valuable to me as an adult now. And oftentimes when we think about good parents, we think about, you know, responsible and loving and nurturing and all the qualities of a parent. But we get, we forget sometimes that to be a good parent really starts with being a good person so there are some lessons and some qualities and some characteristics about my mom that I really think supported her just because she's a good person and she had these characteristics and traits as a person and then being a good parent so you know insight and intuition and she's smart and She just had a very clear sense of who she is and therefore how she wanted to raise me to be. And so we're going to highlight some of those things today. And um, she's going to share some of I'm going to share with you some things that were really powerful for me growing up. And then she's going to share just a little bit about like where her mind was when she was making those decisions and teaching me those lessons and guiding me and supporting me in these ways. So I'm really, really excited to share this episode with you. I'm happy to be back. I hope that you love it. And I hope that everything goes well with this new recording. Please give me your feedback. Let me know how it goes. So, without further ado, episode number 39, Real Matters of the Heart, Roz Taught Me. Enjoy. Mom? Yes? Hi. Hey. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. You're so kindly welcome. Thank you for being <laughs> Yeah. So this is actually technically your second time on the podcast. The first time was a little bit informal. Do you remember that time we were talking and I just pressed record? 
I just recorded our whole conversation. Oh, yes. And it was all over the place. And I just cut it and tried to make sense of it for a podcast episode. Um, I think that's actually like episode number four. So it's an early, early episode. And um, it's quite funny, actually. So anyway, thanks again for agreeing. So today, as I spoke to you about, um, I just want to talk a little bit about some of the lessons that I value that you taught to me when I was a child that either really strongly resonate for me today. And in retrospect, I can look back and be like, you know, wow, I'm really glad, you know, my mom had the foresight to teach me these lessons or that, you know, as an adult myself, like I can look at some of these lessons that you taught me and ideas that you presented ideologies that you sort of framed around our childhood that really shape what I think about when if, if I think about like what kind of parent I would want to be so I just want to take and of course you know like there's tons of them there's tons and tons of lessons that I learned from you as a child that either you intentionally taught or just things that I learned from you just you know as an observing observing child so it's a little bit difficult for me to pick just a few to squeeze into this top this this podcast but I do have four that I want specifically to touch on so let's just jump right into them and I guess um, I'm just going to go kind of chronologically as I remember these lessons coming up throughout my childhood so the first one is um, when I was young this was when we lived in Inglewood so I was like around third grade probably like seven eight years old and i remember this was the first time growing up we lived around a lot of kids where we where we lived prior to that was a college town so there weren't a whole bunch of little kids my age so i remember we moved to inglewood there was a ton of kids in this apartment complex where we live and i would be super hyped because i love to play i still love to play but especially when i was a child so i remember they would come knocking on our door on our door early in the morning can joy come out can joy come out and i remember you would always like tell them like no she needs to spend some time by herself before she comes outside and I vaguely remember sort of being a child and of course because I love to play and just because I was a kid sort of just being like just let me go outside and, and being a little bit frustrated by that but as an adult now understanding how many things pull at my time and want my attention and work and school and friends and relationships and whatever things that how important it is to really value and set aside that time to be with myself. So tell me like what you were thinking at that time when you were, you know, sort of creating that rule around, you know, spending some time with myself early in the morning, first thing in the morning before I went outside to play with everybody and, you know, everything that it meant to be around a bunch of kids all day. Yeah, you know what? I'm an earthly type person, and I always thought that you have to be planted mm. for security. And so waking up, meditating, spending time with God and spending time with yourself, knowing who you are, knowing how you feel, developing your character, because your character is very important through your life. You will go through life with many titles, but you're going to have one character. And that was the character I wanted to wanted you to, to be able to develop without the influences of other people's attitudes and personality. And so as a child growing up, I wanted to be, keep it simple and easy for you. So I wanted you to grow up and like yourself. 
whatever the gifts God's given you, I wanted you to grow up and like yourself. And the only way you're going to get to do that is get to know who joy was. And that had to be spending time with joy without the influence. And so the first thing in the morning is what you do is you give things to God for everything he's given you. And then you look into yourself and ask, what can you do to please him? So I figured, okay, I'm going to let my daughter spend time with herself and see which, how she likes herself. What she doesn't like, what she'll change. And that's what it was. I just wanted to keep it simple for you. I wanted you to build a character about yourself that you like without all the influences of you know, all the hype and, you know, this and that. So, yeah. So that figure first thing in the morning, like the Lord said, you know, you give that to him. And that's what I did. I, without all that, I wanted you to have that time for you. That's, and, and that's so incredibly powerful. Like, of course, as a seven-year-old, like, I didn't get it. But going on 37 now, I totally get it. And I totally see the importance of it. And I also can feel when I've sort of gotten away from that, when the hustle and bustle of life, you know, causes me to wake up and feel like I got to go, go, go. And I haven't been spending that time with God or I haven't been sort of taking my morning. And that first thing, that first sort of setting the tone, setting my intention for the day has not been rooted, like you said, in really taking the time to check in with myself and be clear about what I want to create for that day. When I get away from that and I don't, and I, there's a couple days in a row where I don't do it. I really do feel the difference and it starts to show up and you know, how I interact with people and all that. And then I eventually I check myself and I'm like, what is going on? And then I remember like, Oh, you've kind of gotten away from that routine and I, and I find my way back to it. So such a, such a valuable lesson. And I think, when we're dealing and this is just observation from other parents and things like that, when we're dealing with kids or even myself, I guess we tend to think of them as kids because they are and not, but not realizing that they won't always be. And so really being conscious of giving them tools to navigate life and whatever life will look like, even as they become adults. So it's, you know, realizing like you're a child now, but I'm equipping you with the tools that I would like for you to have as an adult. So it's kind of like what I hear you saying is like thinking about what kind of human being do I want her to be? And how do I give her tools yeah, now yeah. to become that human being? Right? Yes, that, yes, that's what it is. Yes. And I wanted you to be a loving human being because love is taught. We have mm -hmm. to teach love and two way street. Because we have the reflexes of defensive. But what do we do when that's all over? We want to be loving people because that's what makes you feel good. A smile on your face always makes yeah. you feel better. So for you to have that, that peace and quiet to yourself and know that you do have that for yourself. That's the time that you do have for you and the Lord because prayer comes in all ways. It doesn't always mm -hmm. have to be words. It's just to be that piece of meditation time to yourself. You know, where you could fix some things, repair some things, or do whatever you need to do, cultivate, and then get out there and show the world what you got going yeah, on. Yeah, that's, that's huge and incredibly valuable, and I am so, so thankful. That is one of the yeah. many things that I'm thankful for that you gave me as a child that I'm, I didn't understand then, but that I totally understand now and I'm grateful for. So the next thing that... Um, came up so that was like like I said third grade I was about seven or eight years old so we're gonna move a little bit fast forward into like puberty right so now I'm like in high school I want to say I was like 16 years old which I think today this might be a little late for this conversation because of internet and the things that kids have access to now but 
I remember when we had the talk, right? And what I mean by the talk mm-hmm. is like the sex talk. And my mom, for anybody who listening, who's listening, who knows me and who knows my mom, who I grew up with, y'all know she was very, very unconventional in a lot of ways with regard to um, how she dealt with conversations about sex and drugs and alcohol and socializing and just the male-female relationships, especially at that age when, you know, puberty is doing its thing and just all kinds of stuff is happening in our minds and in our emotions and our hormones and all that. And I remember when we... Now, I'm going to give you sort of my recount of this conversation because it stuck with me for so long. And it really actually wasn't until the last couple of like three or four years that I really started to dissect this conversation and see how it was still impacting me all these years later. But I remember we had the talk. I had this little boyfriend that I thought I was so in love with. And, you know, and moms know. We think they don't, but they do. And I remember you just kind of like out the blue one day. You just were like, let me tell you about how these boys will do, right? And I was kind of like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I tried to pretend like sex was the furthest thing from my mind when really it was not. And um, you basically, you you gave me without giving, you know, verbatim word for word what happened. But we talked and you addressed the idea of sex and sexual relationships from a very holistic kind of comprehensive point of view. I remember we talked about the basic stuff that we learned in school, right? The science of like, getting pregnant and STDs and all that kind of stuff and what was what was possible like physically and then I remember you talked about you know kind of emotionally like you know what things boys will say they might they might tell you they love you and they're going to whisper things in your your ear and they're going to try to make you believe this and that because they want to have sex with you they're horny or whatever else and so they're going to do and a lot of times what they feel like they should or need to do to get what they want. And so you sort of were giving me the warning, like, don't fall, don't fall for the okie doke kind of was how I took it. You know, be prepared to hear that and still tune in going back to the early lesson with yourself and know what you want and who you are in that situation. And don't allow yourself to be coerced because this person is saying these things. And the last piece you talked about was like the social piece where you said, you know, and then what happens if they tell somebody, right? Like they're going to, they're going to, maybe you do sleep with them and then they may run off and tell their friends. And, you know, how's that going to make you feel? And I remember of all the things, that was the piece that really stuck with me because I was very much about like, I don't want people to know my business. I don't want people to think I'm this, you know, because there's all this stigma attached to girls who are sexually active, right? I don't want people to think I'm a hoe. I don't want people to think whatever I thought people would think about me if they found out. And that stuck with me so, so much. But fast forward to my adult life, I started working with couples doing this fitness program that I was doing. And a part of that was to discuss their intimacy. And I realized how many people have really warped and jaded stories around sex that came from their parents. People were afraid to have sex. People thought, oh, it was going to be painful. People thought, I mean, all kinds of, you know, people thought they were bad because they actually enjoyed sex because they were told that that they weren't going to enjoy it. And so they thought something was wrong with them because they actually did. Like, I mean, all kinds of stories. So talk a little bit about, like, what was going through your mind and your sort of perspective about sex that allowed you to go, let me just have a very honest conversation with my teenage daughter about what this is about to be or what it could potentially be. Well, you know, I was looking at sex 
first of all, sex, like I always said, was created to make babies. So I don't care whatever we do, we're going to get have babies. Mm. That's what sex is created for, to, to reproduce. I mean, and it's pleasurable. And, and it's all of that. It, it's, it's a good, what you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? When you go through a stressful day, it's a good way to relax. Mm-hmm. It's all of that. But a mix of all of that, emotions come with that. And so I just wanted you to know that when you decide to do that, just be aware that your emotions are going to be involved and that other person may not for the same way. But don't be ashamed of what you do. Always hold whatever you do in life, hold your head up. Be able to hold your head up. Whatever it is, because there may be some things that you may have to go down the road that may not, but make a decision. So I wanted sex to be like to you an enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to know this was something to look forward to. It's, it's, a, it's, it's something God created for us to do, to reproduce, you know, and that's how I wanted that to be for you. So that's why I thought, you know, little boys, little girls need to know one another. See the difference and what what their difference are. What what are they? What what are their purposes mm-hmm. for? To reproduce. So that's why I wanted you to know that little boys weren't there to be your enemies. They were there to compliment you, as you were there to compliment them. But there was a way you had to do it. So you can either do it the way you know, uh, abstain from it, or you be involved. But I just wanted you to know when you get involved, there's going to be emotion. And that's where you're going to have to deal with the after effects. And all the people talking about what you said, what you did. That's why you make a decision on what you're going to do and be okay with that. But know that, that you didn't do anything bad. That's why I wanted, I didn't want sex to be a, 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 a taboo. I wanted it to be a golly, enjoyable, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, ordeal for you. Yeah, experience, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, you know, sex is not a taboo thing. It's it's out there. It's what we do. It's how, it's how we have children. Right. And I want that. It's, I just want you to know that part. It's a soft side of sex. Sex is not no hardcore taboo. Oh, no, 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 baby. That's that's your life. That's part, that's what God created us mm-hmm. for. You know, so I just wanted you to know it's a soft side to sex. And it doesn't have to be something you got to do with this boy because he likes you. You do it because... This is what you're feeling to do, and know that there are consequences behind that. Your emotions, right? And that's and that's where you, where I said you have to know yourself. Spend time with yourself during the day when you first wake up, and that way you'll be able to make decisions that you'll be okay with. May not always be the best decision, but there'll be decisions you'll be okay with. Right, and there will be decisions that maybe down the road I will be able to look back at and say weren't the best decisions, but in the moment. They are, you know, me doing the best that I can with what I know and what I have and, you know, what's available to me. So giving me the option to feel okay with that. Yeah. Right. You don't have to be ashamed of anything you've done because you've done what you've known to do in a good spirit. And that's what I wanted to teach you love. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And because I remember specifically, like, this is one thing. And again, so at this point, I'm like 16 years old. So I'm raising this house. And this is my mom. I kind of know how we flow. And as much as I wanted to be embarrassed, like, oh, no, sex. It was really like, like any other conversation we've had. The same conversation we had about drugs and her approach to that was also very candid and very open. But um, I do remember also for my 16th birthday, I had a co-ed slumber party. And I remember, you know, we're having the fun and we're doing other things. And when it comes time for us to go to bed, I remember some of the kids were like, wait a minute, the boys and the girls are staying over. And I'm like, yeah. And they were like, what? Like they were all shocked. And I'm like, 
I was like, what? And that was sort of the first time I realized like, oh, the way my mom is doing this is different from the way other people's parents are doing this. Like, it was like a big, like, big deal for them to be sleeping over with boys. Whereas we just sort of piled up in the living room with our pallets, our sleeping bags and whatever, and like made it work. So that was sort of one of the first times that I can remember realizing like, oh, we got a different thing going on in this house and not really feeling any kind of way about it. It wasn't like a shameful feeling. It was just like an awareness around the fact that not everybody was getting these same teachings. And I kind of just echoed to my friends the same thing that you taught me, which was, what's the big deal? We're friends, right? Like, what's the difference between, you know, you, my my girlfriend and this this guy, you know, my, my male friend, like, what's the difference? Um, right. And this is my birthday and this is these are my friends and I want these these are the people I want to celebrate with. So why are we right. making a big deal? Because one is a boy and one is a girl. Right. And men and women are supposed to And so in order for us to be together, you have to be friends. And you have to know one another, you have to like one another. And I wanted you to like your friends, your males and your females. Couples have to like one another before they love one another. They have to like each other. That's good, mom. So you got to know yeah, you got to know your boys, and then they grew up to be men. You got to know. You knew, you know, boys like sports. You play sports. You know, you knew, so you were comfortable with everything you did. And that's how I want. Know that no different than women. Only thing that was different, the organs. But we all have feelings. We all love. We all like. We hurt. But we do. There's a function. Female and male. We're to reproduce. We have to plant seeds, but in order for us to do that, we have to like one another. Have- yeah. Hold on, mom. Just give me a give me a second, mom, because you're going in and out. I don't know. Are you moving around? Uh uh-uh, uh no, I'm right. Okay. Yeah, you were kind of going in and out, and I feel like we missed some some powerful stuff you were saying there. But anyway, um, I do, I do, I hear what you're saying, and I I think again another thing, which is I chose these four topics that I picked very strategically because I think they're incredible lessons that I learned but that are also valuable obviously to people beyond me so again just this foundation of understanding between the relationship of you know between boys and girls men and women and how important it is to not make it convoluted with all this other stuff and just allow it to be very natural the way it was created to be in that we are made to reproduce and keep our species going and in order to do that it would be much more conducive and functional and beneficial if we actually get along and enjoy each other so i do think that um again i didn't realize the depth of it then but certainly now having engaged in you know personal relationships and all of that and understanding like how valuable that is but also again how different it is and so many people as i'm dating and things like that and even just watching my friends were not raised with these same concepts and ideals and so they're sort of learning them now or trying to grasp them now and it's impacted you know whatever early years of their dating lives because they went into dating situations and relationship situations with a lot of other stuff uh, unnecessary stuff, thoughts, ideas, practices, approaches that tainted their experiences and their expectations. So, and that's why I didn't want you. To, I didn't want you to think that sex was a tool. Oh, I got, I get sexy just in my bills. No, sex is something that you are to do to make your children and 
that to enjoy one another. That's how we come together as one, mm-hmm. as one. And you know, and and as a human being, we're able to take care of ourselves. So I didn't want sex to be a tool for you, and I didn't want it to be a burden on you. I wanted it to be something beautiful, loving, and something that you can look forward to because that's what it's about. I mean, we're sex is what it's about, and and it's with the man. So when you get to know the men that you, the boys that you're growing up with, it makes it even more pleasurable because you like them. And that's the first thing you want to do. You want to like the person that you're sleeping with. And you don't want sex to be like, oh, I'm like, I got to get my rent paid. Like, that's not enjoyable. <laughs> it's a job. Right. That's not enjoyable. Right. Now you feel like news. I'm like, no, I want to enjoy it too. So if I'm with this man, I mean, my rent, my bill is going to be paid. So I'm with you because I want to be, it's a pleasure. We're enjoying it. I'm not there. It's not a job. I don't want to be in the backseat of your car. I don't want to be in no raggedy hotel. I don't <laughs> We're going to have it in some place beautiful. So that's why I was there. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with your boyfriends can spend a night with you. Y'all friends. This is what friends do. You don't speak with you don't speak with your brothers. You don't speak with your. So this is what your your friends. You, we, we're friends. We hang out together. You know, so, and that's what you know. That you have to name these things and give them a definition. You don't speak with your brother. Right. You speak with your. So that's what I wanted you to know. So you got Billy's your friend. Okay, Billy, come on. Y'all, y'all friends. Not friends. Billy. <laughs> right. Oh, y'all, y'all, I play basketball. You play. Yeah, I can swim. We play. We play hard together and we go to bed. <laughs> that's what that's it, yeah. We're not even going to get into the boyfriend sleepovers because that would be like a whole separate thing. Um, but that was, that was also a whole separate thing growing up. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that was a very powerful lesson, and I um, even as I continue to evolve as a sexual being and explore that and understand that and express that, um, these lessons continue to come up for me, especially as I understand how I'm relating to other people who maybe didn't get these messages or got very very different, sometimes unhealthy or damaging messages, and how does that impact sort of my relationship with them and all of that? So, very very powerful, relevant always always universal and necessary sort of things to consider as a parent yeah and that's why i would tell you as when you were competing be careful what people do people shouldn't you know there's certain things you don't do sex is what we're gonna do we live for we look forward to sex so why not make it good pleasure yeah. that's what i wanted that's what i wanted my daughters to learn that you don't yeah. ain't nobody gotta take you down whatever that ain't sex that's right. a bitch Right, which is the so other, uh, which is another huge part of the sex talk that I think often gets left left out, which is, you know, what the definition of consent and what that looks like, um, huge. And I think it, I think it's coming up now with everything that's happening around, you know, like the Me Too and the Times Up and the but, things that are happening. So I think these conversations are becoming more uh, common and more frequent. Uh, but that at those times, you know, we're talking 20 years ago, it, maybe it wasn't so much. And so I just also appreciated that perspective for sure. Oh, yeah. So speaking of sort of things that are just going to happen, right? You said like sex is just what we do. And I think for the most part, yeah, the, you know, that's just something that you can expect most people are going to engage in. Um, but there was something else. So, that, so moving forward to the next topic. Well, now, fast forward, I'm about, oh, God, I'm probably like in my mid to late 20s at this point, And we're having a conversation one day. We're sitting at the house 
And you randomly brought up uh, one of my exes. Well, maybe not randomly. I don't really necessarily believe in random. But at the moment, it felt sort of like a strange thing to bring up in, in that at that time. But you brought up one of my exes and you asked me had I talked to him. And I was like, you know, no, I haven't. And I was like, you know, what made you bring him up and whatever else? And I remember you said to me in the midst of that conversation, you kind of just casually say like, oh, I knew he wasn't, you know, I knew he wasn't about nothing when you brought him home the first time. And I was kind of like, hello, like, why didn't you tell me? And you actually, maybe not surprised me, but I was actually very um, satisfied, I guess, with your response to that question. Do you remember what you said to me about that? What did I say? It was something to the effect of like, you know, Heart, oh, you heartbreak is a part of life. There it is. Yeah, and uh, basically, like I want with knowing that, understanding that heartbreak is just a part of life. I wanted you to experience it early, when you're still resilient and you could bounce back and you could mm-hmm. learn and maximize on those lessons and carry them into your future relationships, rather than try to protect you from them and then have it happen because it's inevitable. And then, you know, have it happen somewhere down the line when you aren't as resilient and you can't bounce bounce back as easily. And it is a little bit harder to recover and to apply the lessons that you may, may have learned. And you spoke about that, but you also spoke about, you know, some being a parent and realizing how important it is to know when to step up and be there for (laughs) your kid. And then when to let them walk into what I always refer to this, whenever I think of this conversation, I record, I refer to it as like the burning building, right? Like you sort of just watched me walk into a burning building and let me do it, you know? Well, you know what? Being a single parent and you're raising children, you never know when you're going to leave. So what, me, I will. I wanted to experience the 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 thing that I'm going to see what type of decision my daughter is going to make. And so, as I told you, when you were younger, when you start having sex, emotions come with that. And sometimes that other person may not be feeling the same way you feel, and things may end. You're going to have to deal with. I had to let you. Same time, I wanted to see how you dealt with that. I wanted to see what what your ideals were. This is your character being built, and this is why I had you meditate to have your time spent to know. And so the decisions you would be making, you would be okay with that, even if it wasn't a good decision, because we don't know what's good until something... We just make a decision, we pray for the good. But when God says no, we have to take that too. Right. And so, yeah, I knew this young man, well, you know, he's cute and all that, but I knew he wasn't what it was, was for you, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? You're going you to see some stuff. That's okay. That's okay. It's fun. That's okay. Go on and go through it. You know, and I wanted to see how you was going to handle it. That's all I said. And I said, well, she's either going to fall down and don't get up, or she's going to fall down and get up. Because you're going to fall. Because, you know, you're going to fall. But how do you get up? Right. And that's what I wanted to see, if you're going to get up gracefully or get up angry now here we got an angry woman now you're going out in the world angry and that's what i wanted to see and the only way i could see that is let you go through it you got to go through your own storm because you, you got to go through it to order to know how to handle it i can't go through your storms yeah. so i can give you the information you took it 
you and you and you tested it. And that's what we do. That's what we do with stuff. We test it. And you tested it. Mm-hmm. You went got your little feet wet. And you saw what you got out of it and you did and you came up flying. Loving came up with stars and that's what I wanted to see. Because had I came in and helped you, I would never know what type of a character you were building. So the only mm-hmm. way a parent could see a character is we let our children fall and fight their own battles and get up. And we gotta just pray that they come up winning. You know, and not coming up angry on the anger. So that's why I had to see what kind of character you were building because I needed to see what kind of direction I need to put you in. So you would build a good character. I have to let you do that and see that you started at a young age where you were able to be that one that independent and I was just blessed with that and I just had to go forward. I had to trust. I got to trust in what I'm teaching you. So I have to trust that. But I got to trust that you receive it. But then then when I believe it and I see it and I'm okay. So yeah, that's you got to trust in what the instructions are. Right. And that's what I, that's, so I trusted my instructions and that, and you build good character. And that, that's, that's a huge and important point, um, that when children, when parents are meddling in their children's business, it's less about guiding the child and it's more about not trusting themselves. Like, I don't trust that I've given you the tools to do this on your own, so I'm going to do it for you sort of sort of thing which is just that's a hypothesis obviously but i'm just wondering if there's a little bit of that in there when parents are constantly meddling in their child's um life and not really allowing them to to flourish and make their own decisions and make their own mistakes right something else that to, came up go ahead what were you gonna say yeah. all of for me to teach it you have to learn it so how do i know if you learned it right unless you, let unless you. i let you go live through the test right Yeah, yeah, for sure. Something else that I remember came up that you said about that is like a couple of things. It was one, you said, you know, if I would have said something. You would have. Exactly. If if I would have said something to you about him, he's not this, he's not that, you need to do whatever. The chances that you would have, oh, I'm going to do it just because you said not to, right? Because I'm a teenager and that's what teenagers do on some level, right? And then then there was the also, you also said, um, and then when you did realize maybe that he wasn't it for you, you might have stayed longer just to avoid making me right or hearing I told you so. Yeah, and I would never, right, and that's what I was saying. That's why I needed you to build character. I needed you to be okay with with you, the decisions you made. Right. No matter what I may feel, because, I mean, I, that's just me as a in flesh and blood. But you're dealing with that person, and you you, you know what you can take. Right. So I want you to go through that, and whatever came out of it, I want you to be okay with it. Right. But I want you to be okay with it. I mean, literally, just be okay with it. And be able to go on love the next boyfriend or whatever. But, yeah, that's, that's just an important thing, because... Even though you got the kids are young, they're people. And they're, like you said, they're going to grow up. And you just want them to be planted. And I believe in the word kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. I don't believe in trying to control and run it because people are going to do what they want to do. And the more we try to get in and tell them this and that, it rebels more. I don't need that kind of work. Right. I don't need so I just let you. I feel like, hey, you got a mind just like I got a mind. You know, God talked to you too. So I figured, you know what? She'll get her message the best way she can. But I just pray that. 
she's able to come out and be strong and still be that loving person. My bottom line is to be that loving person, no matter what somebody does to you, because you have to move on in life. And you can't hold burdens of hatred and all that mess in your heart because that doesn't, that doesn't build health. Right. Want. And then the last thing that you said to me about that was, um, I also didn't want to let you know how I thought or felt about him and then create an environment where if you needed to talk to me about something, you didn't feel safe because you knew that I didn't like him. Right. Right. That's so what, that, that's so many things to be thinking about when you like, so you meet the boyfriend, he comes in and immediately your sensors as a woman who's lived life and as an adult who's seen things or whatever else go off and let you know, like, okay, this dude is not it for my daughter. And in that instance, you're able to say that I'm going to let her go through it anyway because she needs to learn and build character. This is inevitable, and I don't want to try to protect her from something that's going to happen no matter what. And then also, if I say something, she might rebel or she might stay longer than she needs to because she wants she doesn't want to hear I told you so. And also, if I say something, it may create an environment where she doesn't feel safe talking to me about her emotions. And so I want her to know that I'm here for her, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. And, you know, what I mean, that's so many things to think about in one moment to make that decision to let me yeah, be yeah. in a relationship that just ultimately you were right about um you know just with regard to him just being immature and not a good fit for me at the time or ever but but um that's so many things to think about like as a parent that's so many things versus the instinctual thing when i love my child to step in and be like no i'm protecting you i'm saving you from you know, the dangers of this person who I know is not good for you. Like, that's the instinctive thing. But you stopped, you held yourself for the sake of all these other lessons to, to allow them to flourish, which I think is such a powerful and very insightful thing to be able to do as a parent. But the bottom line is, I really want you you to know, even though that happened then, you never know in life not to be angry at him. Right. On Still, it's okay. It's okay that we didn't do this. Okay. Hey, I'm still here as a sister to you in life if you have to keep you lifted up. We have to keep each other lifted up no matter what because we're going to hurt each other. We go through that. That's what we do. But at the end of that day, if you need me, sister, if you need me, brother, I got your back. That's And that's what I want you to know about anybody. Don't walk around hating that person because it, it didn't work for y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, but you never know 10, 20, 30 years from now, if you're still alive, you, that person may come back in your or he, or whatever. But you want to be open for any blessings. You don't, you never want to shut the door because you never know what, when blessings come. You don't know. So you want to be open blessings. And you, to hold the anger or to be mad because of that little situation you made, that ain't, that ain't nothing but a, but a pebble. You got, you got a whole bunch of stones you're going to come you know, so get over that. Be happy that you had that experience. And that's what I wanted you to. That's the kind of expressions I wanted you to have. Yeah. You know I, mean? I just wanted you to know that life, it ain't forever. Yeah. It, it, things come in your life with, for short periods, long periods, and that's okay. But we're going to move on. We move forward. On with Martine Soldier. I don't know if you remember, we used to sing that every morning before we used to walk to trade tech. On with <laughs> Martine Soldiers. We marched yeah. baby. <laughs> so yeah. that's. That's, that's what I was trying to create in your life to let you know that love and all, it's not a burden, it's, it's your life yeah. it's your life and that's what you do, that's just the bottom line you love and you and that's what gets you through any day, anything is love right, you know so that's what it is, that's, you know, that's all it's about 
so super super powerful lessons and then just as a check-in um i don't talk to him this guy regularly anymore but we still because we grew up together have a lot of mutual friends and so i see him occasionally from time to time and it really is all love like i had to make a very clear and distinct boundary for him and i had to be you know like oh i can't talk to you because this you just there are things about who you are that don't gel well for like the life I want to live. So we can't be like super dope tight friends. But when I see him, it really is all love. And I, you know, and at the time you could have told me that because I was just like shattered to pieces. That really was my first heartbreak, but um, it's really all good. So I think just to, to, for you mom to say in this moment that the lessons that you really hoped I would learn about love and about, um, being able to move forward, those really did stick. And I really am living that life where I can say you did a hurtful thing to me and it took me some time to heal, but I really am genuinely okay. And I do love you. And I would be here for you if you really needed me for something. It, it would not be a situation where I would turn my back on you because of whatever history we have. So you have succeeded with that. I will say, Oh, no good. I've been truly blessed with some beautiful daughters. I look at, girl, the things that you've done for me, the inspirational thoughts, and oh no, you you you've taken that step further than even what I've even taught you. You've gone way beyond, and and that's okay, and that's good. That's what I'm saying. You you you've built a wonderful character. I mean, I wouldn't ask for anything better, and that's why I was just telling your grandmother while she wants to talk to me about this. Why well, I think it's her that's the blessing for me because. For you to come into my life as being a single parent and willing to learn the things that I did, the swimming and the tennis, and you really just went along with it, gave me no problems with it. I mean, getting up early in the morning, all day on the tennis courts, going to the, I mean, what baby does that? No crying. <laughs> I mean, no, no crying, no complaining, hanging in the shopping mall, swap meets. You were a baby. Never, mm-hmm. never complained. And. I thought I was the blessed one. I'm like, wow, God, thank you for giving me such a lovely child because what single parent, I mean, the things I was able to do with you, my friends weren't able to do. I mean, I thought, wow, wow. I mean, God, thank you. I guess you must have known that, you know, but no, you were the blessing. I mean, yeah, you you keep me lifted. And it, for, for your personality, it keeps me going. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, I think, yeah, you, you are my true blessing. I like, wow, I just thank God every day. That you know that I do have you in my life, and there are things you know. Like I say, there are, life is not easy. Right. Right. It's very hard, and so that's why I want you to know life ain't easy. It was, you know, he, Adam messed that up long when he was here. We ain't got that no. <laughs> <laughs> that's we funny. Got, yeah, so we got either we gonna get out here angry or we gonna get out here happy. So everything mm-hmm. I, the glass ain't never half full. I mean, half empty is always half full, and it's going to get fuller and fuller. So that's how you got to look at life. Look on the bright side, baby, because it is dark, but the light is always on. That's well, I'm going to take a cue from Kanye, who I know who has said some crazy things in his lifetime, but he did say this, and it has stuck with me every time, ever since I've, I've read it. He said, the glass is neither half full nor half empty. The glass is overflowing. There it is. And I really, when I read that, I really appreciated that perspective. And I've held that closely for a long time, um, just as my own perspective. So I think what you've said, though, actually is a great segue into the last point that I wanted to bring up, which is less about 
Well, maybe not. It, it's less about the highlight of it. Uh, the meat of it is less about a lesson for me specifically that you taught me directly. And it was more so something that I learned from you just by the example that you said. And you were mentioning that, like, you know, when I was a baby, you would take me to the mall and to the tennis courts, to the pool and just take me around. And one of the things that you have said to me consistently um, throughout is that because you are a single mother, you it was me and you for a long time before my sister was born, you know, so it it was, it was you and I, and I had to do the things that you were doing. Like there was no choice. Who, who, where was I going to go? What was I going to do? You were here by yourself. Your family was still in the Midwest and, you know, you had developed, you know, and created a family here for yourself with your friends and all of that, but they had their own lives, their own children, their own work and all that. So really it was you, you, were very clear and very adamant about maintaining your own identity even after I was born. So it wasn't about like, oh, I now I have a baby and my whole life is wrapped around this child. You really brought me into your world and you were like, this is what I do. So you need to get on up. We're going to the tennis court or we're going wherever. And it was really about like understanding what you needed to be happy, to be healthy, to be whole, to feel fulfilled and be living a life that was true to who you are as a person outside of the fact that you are a parent. And I think that's such an important thing for mothers, especially because the expectation is once you become a mom, your whole life becomes about this child, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I always think that the most powerful thing a parent can do is show their child how to live a fulfilled life and to model for their child what it looks like to really step into who God is calling you to be as a person which includes being a parent and, you know, guiding and supporting this child, but it's not, it doesn't consume you. Parenthood does not consume you and it doesn't become this thing that, to the point you were making about love, especially the love of a parent, doesn't become a burden to you that like, now I have this child, now I can't do this, now I can't do that. And it becomes about all the things you can't do as opposed to all the things that you have been doing that you get to continue to do and that you get to invite your child into. So talk a little bit about sort of your thoughts around how to maintain your personal identity, even as you became a parent and what what it looked like for you to have a child uh, in the life that you were living in, kind of kind of fitting me into that picture of, you know, the life that you had created for yourself. Well, once again, that's what I was saying, building character. We will have many titles, but you're going to get this one character mm -hmm. through those many titles. How are you going to grow? go through those roads how how are you going to walk mm -hmm. i'm going to walk in the light i'm going to always see where i'm going that's just my personality so okay i pregnant when i'm got my child so i like to do things i know me as a person i'm an outdoor person i know i like people i know my character i know what i'm i like i gotta share that with my, my child mm -hmm. share that with my child so everything i got now i'm single i have to share that's my, that's the, I got to share. Now I'm sharing because I, I was by myself. I, I didn't have to share anything. Now I got to share. What am I going to share with my child? Everything that I know that's good. Everything that I know that's going to give build her character, that's going to take her through life that I know about, and is going to help her with her struggles because she's going to have some. So what am I going to share with her? The things that I like to do. Right. The thing I like to do because guess what? I got to get up in the morning and so does she. <laughs> so up together okay because we still both getting up at crazy hours <laughs> you know what's interesting though what i hear you saying which i think is so powerful and i want to highlight it 
you said, I'm going to share that with my child. Whereas I think so many parents, and again, mothers especially, the narrative becomes, I have to stop that for my child. Like the child comes into the world, instead of thinking, oh, I get to share all these things that I love with my child, the narrative around it is, oh, my child is here, so now I have to stop that for my child in order to be there for them, raise them, whatever that looks like. And so it starts to look like putting things on hold instead of sharing things and bringing the child in. I I think that's a very powerful perspective, which it sounds like came fairly naturally to you, but again... There's yeah. a really big cultural narrative that, you know, once you have kids that your life stops, which is why there's a big thing like, oh, you're too young to have kids because the, the idea is that like wherever you are when your child is born is where your life stops. Like you don't get to continue to evolve after that mm-hmm. because everything becomes about the child. And it's like, yeah, I kind of get where people are picking that up from because things do take a major shift. Speaking I mean, from expect from from observation, especially obviously because I don't have children, but it's not. It doesn't stop, right? I don't stop right. being who I am just because I also add the title of mom to my resume, right? Right. That right. There it is. I'm saying it does. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't stop. Yeah, it does become about the child. It does. We do want to make sure, and that's why you have to share the things your knowledge with your children because how are they going to get it? I got to share it with them. And so you, yeah. So why would I stop living? How am I, if I stop living, how are you going to grow? Mm. If I plant the seed, I got to water it. So I have to keep continuing to live. And, and you have, like you said, you get to see it. And hopefully it's all good. That's why you just pray about it. But no, it's, I do. You have to share. That's when you start sharing your life. You teach your children everything you know because they're going to learn. And then as they grow older, they start teaching you. Because mm-hmm. yeah, as they grow older and pray that they're learning and you just, you know, you believe in what you're teaching them is good and they're putting out good in the world, they start learning the things and they turn around and teach you. And that's what happens. They, they turn around and share their things with you because you left the doors open, you're loving, you're nice, you're kind, they like you. So they're going to share their stuff with you. And that's right. what you forward to so it's like yeah you know it's like giving back says so when i get older i want my kids to like me because i don't want them kicking me to the curb <laughs> so you i better never kick you to the curb well i mean you gotta de- develop that relationship you guys they're human beings when they're born they're human what do you think they're gonna grow up and just automatically like you no <laughs> they don't and just so <laughs> hey that's funny but that's actually very very true i was just as I go on, like on a quick sidebar, I um, was reading this thing on Instagram and it was like, have you ever had somebody, you know, you broke up with and they come back and tell you how great you were and how much you changed their lives and how much better they're doing because of you. And then you, you ultimately feel kind of cheated because you are emotionally damaged as a result of that relationship. And it was this whole thing. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I kind of get that perspective, but then I also understand you, you grow past that point of the pain of the breakup or whatever it was. And you get to the point of realizing like, okay, that was my assignment in their life. My assignment was to come into their life and be a light and show them what's possible and what's available so that they can grow and evolve and be their best selves. And I'm really okay with that. I don't have to feel like, Oh, now you owe me something. I should eat whatever. Right. Right. So then people, and I was like, you know, that was your assignment in their life and then people were like so then what was his parents assignment and I'm like I actually don't know what his parents assignment is but what I do know is that parents are people too and just because they were tasked with the responsibility of bringing him into 
the you know on the earthly realm doesn't necessarily mean that they were fully equipped to do everything that they needed to be able to do to raise him into whatever kind of man you quote unquote think he should be right right and i think that there's this narrative around like parents having all the answers and the point that you're making is like their kids are not going to just automatically like you just because you're their mom like you're still a person and if they don't like you as a person yes they may choose to honor you because you're their parent but that doesn't have anything to do with if they like you as a person that requires you to show up in that relationship the same way you show up in any other relationship when you're attempting to create a bond and a connection with somebody you do the thing you show up as loving and nurturing and caring and it's not about doing you know a formulaic this is what parents do it's about being a person connecting with another person who happens to be your offspring right but they're still a person right that's what i'm saying they are still people and you got to understand they grow up and they have ideals and thoughts and all that is not going to be the same as yours right and that's and that's what you want you want because the world is going to evolve and you want them to evolve and you want them to change and be you know because they're going you know you got to take care of you but they don't have to necessarily grow up and like you just because you mom and daddy right that's something that has to be taught like you said and shown cultivated and yeah cultivated yeah i mean you know they don't just just because i bought just because you're in this world i mean you know that's not a natural thing for us to like one another and you know because we, we we're humans and we have our selfish ways so you like you said we have to cultivate that we have to teach that we have to nourish that that's an everyday practice that's why the lord tells us spend some time with yourself mm. calm yourself down yeah it's very powerful when we do that mm. you know to do to meditate within ourselves and get to know get yourself together calm yourself and it's a daily thing yeah. daily, daily, it allows daily. us to bring our best selves to each situation when we take a moment to sort of get back to who we are and not what the situation is trying to cause us to be. Right. So that's, I think that's powerful. There's a line in one of my, you know, one of my favorite little ghetto movies is baby boy. Right. And there's a line that's a popular line in the movie, but it is actually very, a a very powerful line, especially when you think about the relationship between Jody Tyrese's character and his mother, AJ Johnson's character. And she just simply says, Mama got to have a life, too. That's right. And beyond, you know, her sort of living her life and doing her thing with Melvin and whatever else, it was really also a moment to reflect on the fact that, again, parents are people, too, and they're still learning and evolving and still making mistakes Mm -hmm. and still, you know, all of that. And they're not exempt from that process simply because they have a child or they've given birth to another person. Like now they're expected to snap and have it all together. And it's like. I can learn from the mistakes that you've made, if you even count them as mistakes, as much as I can learn from the lessons that you intended to teach me about, you know, who to, who I am and how I am and what all of those things. And so I just really appreciate that perspective of like being able to zoom out and be like, yo, I'm your mom, but I'm still me. And there are things about my life that I'm still enjoying. And if you're going to be on this planet with me, you're going to come on along on for this ride until you are old enough to make a decision not to. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to just there. That's what I'm saying. You know, we all have a life and we all do what we do, what we know to do. Hopefully we're doing the best and, and the best comes out of whatever decisions we do. Nobody, I don't know it's about the intentions of harming, but we do what we know to do. And, and that's what I say, you know, and we just leave the doors open for, for, for to keep lifting each other up. But because the world is, not a nice place, and I'm not a I'm not a worldly type person. So, 
I, I wanted you to be a spiritual earthly person to just and that's what I wanted you to be grounded and so if you don't get wrapped up in all these material things your mind doesn't get clogged it leaves your mind open free to be to learn other things and to and have your own thoughts mm-hmm. just I clogged up with all of this nonsense because sex is part of life just as death is part of life and there's no way of getting around it so you just got to learn how to deal live with it mm-hmm. and how want to live with it people are part of living in the world how do you live with people you want to live in harmony so how, what do you do to get that harmony there are things that you that you go through and you'll know that because you know yourself because what do you do you spend time with yourself every day mm-hmm. you think about what happened yesterday you think about well what do i want you to tell you spend time with yourself instead of just getting up in the morning getting busy getting busy doing what right right yeah. all right what are you getting busy doing what are you, you doing right so you need to sit down and think about these things what do you know what do you want you know daily you ask god daily thank you for my daily bread daily bread right daily. so you know what i did yesterday okay it's all good now what's daily bread for the day god and that's what the meditation that's what i wanted you to to get through your life and that gets you through your life because you can recoup from whatever you can recoup and you never look back he says never don't look back it's always you know looking forward this today i feed you your daily bread today and that's everything that's that that's everything your thoughts everything your daily bread everything daily and that's what i want you to know that with every all your decisions just to walk with be able to walk proud in everything you do because life is what it is you know like he said what life is a box of chocolates you don't know what you're gonna do <laughs> So you know, yeah. So you want to be, you know, what you don't know what. So you may like that you want, but you want to be able to spit it out if you don't like it and be okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to everything, and that's what it is. I mean, you know, I just want you to know that life is fun. It's hard, but it can be fun because you know what? Everybody likes a challenge, especially when you can see the light and you can get out of it. Yeah, yeah. you like that. It's good for you. It's good for the soul. It makes you stronger. Yeah, and it makes you for loving. So no, I just didn't want you to be afraid of life. I didn't want you to think people were out there just to be mean, to be mean. There are different pe- walks of life that people go through, and you don't know what their walks in. Just say, hey, hello today, and if I see you tomorrow, you know, and that's what you, how you have to take your life because you don't know. You, you don't know. You don't know what's going to be coming at you. You yeah. just want to be ready. And that's all I want you to do. I just wanted you to be in ready mode to whatever it is and don't go negative because you know what? I don't want to say that, but suicide is a very strong word. And I just didn't mm. ever want that to be an option. That's all. I, I just didn't want that to be an option to, to take your life because there's nothing out here that that powerful. Yeah. And and as a child, I had to I, I had to put that in you as, at a young age by being a single parent because I knew as a single parent there was going to be a lot of labels. And I said, no, that ain't gonna stop her. Labels is nothing. But yeah. I want you to I wanted you to know that you are who you are, who you want you you are who you want to be. And like as you said before, everything that you need is already in you. You just have to get, go for it. And the only way you go for it is when you start studying yourself and, and meditating and loving yourself. That was episode 39, Roz Taught Me. If you found that conversation valuable and want more, subscribe to Real Matters of the Heart on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. There you can listen to new episodes as well as replay archived episodes. And don't forget to tell a friend. Real Matters of the Heart is a place to come and be while we're still becoming. So it's all about building community and character. With that in mind, I want to hear from you. 
Send me your feedback, suggestions, and comments to my email at hello at joyhearts.com. Or you can slide in my DMs on Instagram at joyhearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And that's all for now. Until next time. Cheers.